Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, quick reminder, don't miss America's number one singing competition, The Voice. Or TV's number one drama, This Is Us. Or the one new show everyone is buzzing about. New Amsterdam. You can find them all tonight on NBC. How convenient is that? While you're asleep, the weather kept changing. We're on weather alert here this morning. The only local morning news chopper kept an eye on your commute. Vision technology and and you started your day a little smarter. Today. Grab that coat. NBC5 Today. Blog Talk Radio. Technology. What's up, boys? Technology. Hey, we're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah. We'll never win. We will never, ever, 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 ever win. We will always be dominated by our robot overlords. Uh, 3K, everybody. Tertial Radio here tonight with Robo. Let's try this again. Seattle Rams. On this <laughs> What's up, man? What's going on, fellas? What's going on? <laughs> Part two. Love it. Nobody will ever know. They'll have no clue. The beauty. Not that's our radio. It's the ever. magic of the interwebs. The wool pulled over the virtual eyes of the world. Joey, LA Rams, Rams, Rams on your Twitter doll. What's up, man? What's going on, Dirk? What's going on, Joey? Yeah, it's good to be uh it's good to be on the pod tonight. Watched a little Monday night football tonight. I don't know if you uh Ooh. You saw the legendary left-handed throw by Patrick Mahomes, too. He threw it with his but left hand. That's not the hand he throws it. footballs with. He throws footballs with his right hand, and instead well, he threw it with his left hand. I don't That's know. Weird. There's a phrase that I'm going to be the first one to say it, but it's called gunslinger mentality, and I think he has it. I don't know if you've heard anybody say that word today, that phrase, but um, I invented it, so... Uh, I I haven't heard gunslinger used since uh, people were c- comparing Austin Davis to Brett Favre. Oh, the kid. Yeah. Hashtag the kid. I have a <laughs> phrase. Is Pat Mahomes a system QB? I'll throw it out there. We're going to do this all year because that's the way things are now. Uh, yep. Boys, um, you who put this who put this on the run sheet? What weird things has Joe eaten in Texas lately? Who did that? <laughs> I I put that on the sheet because. My my understanding of you out in the wild when you're at a state oh, fair. In out in the wild. Out, out, in the wild. The, out in the wild. In the third biggest city in America. Out in the wild. Yes. So, <laughs> you at the a, fairgrounds of the Texas what? State Fair as a young man <laughs> on a mission. Where does she get possible? I think, I think uh, to me, I've never been to a state fair in Texas, but I would oh. assume that it's wild. And they probably have some crazy stuff like pork skin with, you know, pork rinds with skin attached, covered in jalapeno goo, you know, triple fried with 
you know, garlic uh, nachos stuck to the God, side, and yes. you're just like, not crazy enough. I want it even more weird. I asked him about that on Friday because we know Joe likes to eat everything, every part of the animal. So I asked him how many, <laughs> oh, man. how many, how many animal bunnels he ate that day, and he said uh, very few because they still have to cater to the masses, and not everybody's going to eat, you know, yeah. deep fried, deep fried, you know, horse bunnel with a uh, side of yoli. So he, I'm not sure how weird he got. Did you? Did they have their traditional fair weird food like you know alligator and which isn't that weird but they they tend to blow it up that way. Yeah. Like that weird fox wiener. Yo man, yeah. I would love some fox wiener. Yeah, see that's the thing. It doesn't get weird enough for me. Uh, they don't have those kind of parts. I will say this. I I do like the way when Joey's talking about the things that would be weird to eat. For some reason, my mind starts thinking about like body wash body wash aromas. Like, ooh, I love I love to get some triple fried alligator body wash and get cleaned up. That's what I start thinking. They don't ha- it's not the kind of stuff. It's much more uh publicly digestible. They don't have the fi- fox weed see that's the, that's how you know I'm weird, is when you say that I start thinking, hmm. I'd, I'd get down. I'd get down on some fox wiener on a stick. That's something. I, that's something I, I could get with. I could yeah. do some fox wiener crudo. Yeah, <laughs> <So> <laughs> a little fox wiener on a stick with a little jalapeno gravy. We get down <laughs> with it. They, no, that is not what they do. It's much more conventional. It's kind of things on a stick and bag, walking stuff. My daughter, she's been trying to do the cotton candy. It's a uh, waffle taco shell, and then you get a chocolate. Rim, cotton candy in the middle, marshmallow glaze, chocolate sticks. It's those kind of things. So it's much more special. It's, it's not the kind of bundles and animal parts that I typically enjoy, but it is uh, pretty awesome. Joey, you got to get that. You got to get down here, man. You got to get down here. Let me know when you're coming. We'll hit the state fair. It's on. The whole thing is on me. Not a dollar will be spent in the name of Joey O, uh, and we'll make it happen. Um, I awesome. do. The only Texas I've been to is um, is armadillo. Yeah, armadillo is quite strange. That's not a thing that most people eat. The alligators thing. I do like the idea of Texas being the wild. I do like the idea of like 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 downtown Dallas. Joey O'Coin with his binoculars. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Where to traverse this? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, He's like peeking over at a stairwell in Deep Elm, looking looking for the <laughs> Joe. Well, let me check my map, and instead of pulling out Google Maps, he's got like the page that he has to unfold fifteen times. Latitude, longitude. If I only <laughs> five click. Um, we have been talking uh, TV recently. We've had some TV picks. Rob, you hit me with one. I have never heard. I thought you were making this up. You mentioned the world. Poldark, and at first I thought this was like a weird 18th century Swedish weapon, like a pole axe, a poldark that, you know, was like a weird trident on the end of a six-foot pole that they would use to stab opponents from seven feet away. Apparently, this is an actual show. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually it's a reboot from a 1970s TV ah, series. Ah, the reboot. An- another BBC. wonderful Swedish weapon. The reboot. <laughs> reboot. Ah! Both both produced by the BBC, but the the newest version is uh, like 2015. I think it was the first season. We're in we're in season four right now, I believe. Uh, it's 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 something I guarantee 
point zero 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 point one percent of the listening audience will have actually seen or would probably like because it's the best BBC kind. British the best historical dra- period drama kind of think of Downton Abbey but a little more grittier and and not so foo foo. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a show that uh, my wife and I kind of just chill and we binge and it's up on uh, up, up up for season four right now, so we're we're working through it. But yeah, the old pole dark. Nice. Have you heard of the pole dark, Joey? I have not, and I'm I'm yeah, surprised exactly. because I I really pay attention to things, and uh, that that slipped my uh, slipped my brain. You do, and that's why I appreciate. It. Have you have you guys heard of the Lords and Ladles? Am I the only guy? This is another one percent of the one percent Netflix show that I've been into. Have you guys heard of Lords and Ladles before? No, no. Oh, I have not, but it sounds intriguing because okay. I do love me a cooking show. This podcast is getting completely off the rails. So Lords and Ladles is apparently – I don't know where it came from. I found it on Netflix. It's an, it's an Irish – this is going to get weird. This is an Irish show, a reality cooking show, where every week they go to some old castle in Ireland. And, yes, I've watched every episode of this, and this is why I was so interested in Poldark. As every episode, they go to a new castle in Ireland, and there are three chefs. And they have three different roles. One becomes the cook, one becomes like the gatherer for the necessary ingredients for the show, and one becomes like the historian to learn the family who. So they go to Castle Kilkenny, and somebody has to learn that the Kilkennys used to. We used to fish squab in the 1840s to be able to feed our families, and they have to go out and actually hunt squab to be able to supply for the show. So what it ends up in. Is like, and you can obviously this is not a thing that translates to Americans because we didn't do this for the most part. Is like a forty-three course meal for this family in a castle of all these weird old recipes that nobody's made for a hundred fifty years, and it's really really good because they come back with oh uh, squabbling hog jelly with sack of uh, pigeon pie and it's like wait, what? and the chefs have no idea what they're making and it takes all day it's one of the greatest shows I've ever seen I totally need to see the show and I'm going to put it down for my Netflix queue because I am I, I can be into that I've been to I've been to Castle Kilkenny too so hey there's a tie in when like when they go to have like the the Irish steam uh, haggis bottle on the uh, on a stick I'll be right there to watch it I'm Welcome to episode five. We're going to Castle Forehand, where we'll be making steamed pike pocket with, <laughs> with make garlic sure jelly. Make sure you kiss my Blarney Stone on entry, though. Yes, Blarney Stone actually gets served over the top of the roasted skin. It's a weird <laughs> show, but I really, really like it. You got to check Tapity it out. Happy morning um, to you. Yeah, totally, totally. I've got Maniac and Battlefit on the roster, but we'll save that for another time because we got to get to Joey's Oscar picks. What is it? Are the Oscars already out? I was, I'm confused by this. Did the well? What what's going on? Let me let me let me tell you something, Joe. Um, it's a season. The Oscars are a season. Um, I don't I don't know if I've told you guys this, but um, but my um, our family, we're in the Academy. We're we're um, Academy members. So it Hello. starts now. Screeners. Yeah. Screeners. We get we we get the screeners. We go to the Oscar screenings, and uh, and sometimes we'll go to the little luncheons where they make you this amazing meal, or you go to a fancy restaurant and um, and then you, you know you, you you do your hobnobbing. But um, I I pay attention to what movies are kind of do well at the festivals, and they're you know they're just coming out and now all the hype's building, 
and my top three movies that I think are the front runners to win Best Picture already from the festivals. Are you oh, guys wait, ready wait, for this? Wait, 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 wait. I've got it somewhere in here. Uh, oh, there it is. Hold on. Oh, there we go. All right. Number three is First Man, starring Ryan Gosling. Oh, I was just going to ask you about that because I'm itching to see it. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, they I don't plant the flag. Not. It's out of consideration. <laughs> it is. It is not your father's Apollo 13, but apparently oh. I've not seen it yet. But it's, it's, it's more. It's more right it's stuff. More cerebral and, and thoughtful. Just, right? Does it look more right stuff? Kind of. Every generation of men gets their space movie. You got yeah. right stuff. You got yeah. Apollo 13. You got First Man. 15 years from now, it'll be. Or what was the one? Moon. We get, we got to keep supplying the generation of men with their space sci-fi epics. 2001. Um, okay, so that's number three. And number two. Oh, do I need – oh, sorry. And I mean, go. If we're going to – is Rome. Uh, Roma. It's a Netflix movie. It's by the guy that directed um, Gravity, Alfonso Cuaron. Huh. And it's black and white. It's all in Spanish. And – you're going to hear everybody talk about it, and it's going to be on Netflix, and it's a masterpiece, apparently. And so that one's going to be a big deal, but it's going to be hard because he went to like a village in Mexico and got a school teacher to play the lead, and apparently it's awesome. So that one's going to be a movie. It's going to be hard to get people to watch, but I think everyone's going to be talking about it because I think it's going to be one of the front runners. And the last one, the number one movie, which I think is going to be a big uh, thing. Hold on. So. <laughs> okay. It's going to be A Star is Born. Yeah, it comes out this oh. uh, Friday. I think it's going to win Best Picture. But I, I have not seen it. I, I will see it um, next week. I will see it on That's Friday. That's kind of why I, I pre-hate it. Is it okay to pre-hate yeah. a movie? Well, I, it's going to have three backlash cycles. So I think anytime something now when it comes out is people yeah. love it, then they hate it, then it's offensive, and then apparently it's it's problematic, and then everybody loves it again, and then you don't like it, and then later, 10 years ago, you you forgive it once you stop being mad because the internet makes everybody angry. It's an anger box. So there you go. Interesting. Oh, we talk football. Uh, you're, going that, you're going that route. All these films coming out here in October, nothing, nothing with a late push, huh? Like sneak it under the wire so they can get it nominated this year. Well, yeah, I mean, Clint Eastwood has a thing that's coming out that's in December. A lot sure. of stuff's going to come in December. The, the one that hasn't been seen yet is Adam McKay's movie about Dick Cheney. It's called right. Vice. Yep. And Christian Bell getting a bunch of weight to be Dick Cheney. Um, no one's seen that one yet. And there's also a movie called um, Welcome to Norwin with Steve Carell. Robert Zemeckis directed it. Um, yes. But Heard no one's seen that either, so. Who knows? There we go. Who knows? There we go. All right. What that's about the uh, what about old Robert? Robert Redford saying goodbye. The old man and the gun. I don't even, is that what it's called? Yeah. Did I get that What's right? That? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I heard that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I need to work on this, Joey. I need to come up midweek. I'm going to record a song for you with your Oscar picks. It's going to be our Gene Shallot, uh, Roger Ebert version when Joey comes on with, a, yeah. with his Oscar it, it, picks. It's Hollywood. It, it Kind of like 1980s Joey upbeat saxophone, kind of, you know, like a. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, totally. Oh, there you go. I'm excited about this. Um, everybody wants a theme song, right, guys? <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. It's like a, 
Inside Edition versus, gosh, what was it? I don't even know what the other one. Access Hollywood. We'll make it happen, Joey. Um, did something in. happen this last week that we should acknowledge? Oh, anything? Anything important happened this last week other than left-handed QBs and BBC TV and Oscar picks and, and oh, bottles? I, 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 I think I know what your uh, knowledge you're seeking. The Rams. The Kavanaugh hearing. Wait, what? Oh, right. <laughs> that. 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 Is those guys. <laughs> uh, guys, the offense. Jared Goff looks good. He looked good. Uh, System QB it looks pretty GD good, doesn't he? Uh, is there was that, there any was there at any point where you thought during that game that they're just not going to pull this out? Were you guys worried? No. Anybody else worried? Or were you just you know what? I don't care. They're gonna it's it's as soon as they get the ball they're gonna score. It's not gonna matter. There's no got we need yep. to get off the field here because we're gonna lose after the Sam Ficken mess. It was comfortable, right? I, at no point did I see them getting stopped. I think the touchdown throw to Cooper Cup with the double coverage when he catches it in the end zone was kind of what I knew of like they're they're good they got this. I just I just felt like if they're pulling that off, uh, that and the Brandon Cooks throw, I thought both of those were kind of like plays where they were just like putting their their dong on the table and they were like, what are you gonna do about it? Like it was pretty. As much as I loved the, the two, those two throws, and they were pretty good, I was almost more. Well, it's hard to be not impressed with that Cooper Cup throw back in the corner because it was you know double covered, just a tight window. But the first mm-hmm. one to Gurley was right over Barr's head. I mean that, yeah, yeah. that he had to heard it just whistling his ear hole, and it was right on the money. And he did it again with Robert Woods later in the game. Uh, he was how, dealing. How, how much he do you think dealing. the secondary? From Minnesota, though, was having a bad game. I mean, I know we're giving all this well, credit to Goff, but I mean, yeah. Is it, is it, can you do I that think, with every defense? Like, it, it felt, I don't know, felt like he was getting some, some generous. I don't want to say, yeah, I don't want to single him out, but it was clear that they had found a weakness in Anthony Barr in coverage, and they were finding ways to exploit him. And the secondary, when they made the adjustments, they were trying to track guys underneath so that if we went past it, that they would be there, and obviously on the Todd Gurley and the Robert Woods plays, they went over the top of them. I think what was interesting is those plays, those are the kind of things you can practice, right? Where if you, if you get the right look pre-snap, whether it's Gurley or Robert Woods, and you know they're going to be available over the top, it's just timing throw. You just time that throw over the top and let them run past the guy to be able to get it. The throw to Cooper Cup, you can't, you can't practice that. Can't. That's not something you can coach up. That's is it, that's just something. Either you can do it, or you can't. You 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 can't coach a guy. Wrong move off his back foot and make that throw over coverage into the corner. There's no way to coach that throw. That's either something you have in your bag or you don't. And the I, the fact that Jerry has that is really impressive. Dare I? Do I even, you know, should I even mention this? But did that remind you of another Cal quarterback who's pretty good in the league? I mean, just the, on the did run. You play for the Packers? Yeah, I mean that reminded me. Oh, uh, Davis Webb. Davis Webb? I've never seen Davis <laughs> Webb make that throw. 
Running, you know, roll out to his right, off his back foot, just hucks it into the into the corner. The only one guy's going to come down. I mean, it was that shit was magical. I mean, you know that was just like that was pretty. Yeah, and what was really nice about the way he was playing is he felt like he was Goff was doing a lot more. I, I think this season he's been kind of doing those juke moves and kind of playing with a little more. Uh, just comfortable finesse. Like I felt like he was going through his reads a lot more where one of my biggest concerns about his play last season was I just felt like he would really fixate on his, on his target. And you knew he was going there and the defenses, I felt like we're going to like pick up on that. Like I just want him to kind of, you know, look off his target. And I felt like he was doing that this, this Thursday. It it felt much more um, assured. Like he just, he, he was able to kind of, get get to the point where he's just not in his in his head so much and i think he's kind of having a little more fun out there he's not playing scared at all which is which, which is great um well they made a they made mention of that on the broadcast you know cousins who had a pretty damn good game as well uh you know they made yeah. a mention of how he moved john johnson and he came back to the side to adam Thielen, and then the next possession you know goff's like yeah i, I got that shit in my bag uh all right mm-hmm. uh was it who they, he moved to safety, and then he hit, I think it was the, the Robert Woods touchdown. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll move you over to my eyes, and then I'll just come right back and yeah. throw a strike. And I got you, Kurt. I watched your film. I got this. And he, I think he even mentioned that post game that, you know, he told Cousins that, you know, hey, good game, whatever. I watched a lot of film of you, of, you know, all last year. It was, it, was, uh, it was just the best I've seen that guy play times yeah. 10. I mean, it was out of the stratosphere. Yeah. It was, that was when I started thinking, all right, we got, we got ourselves a, a player, big stage, yeah. money throws. Good. I think that was the difference, right? Was that was the first time where we've really seen Jared Goff individually take over. And I, I think maybe that's a thing, maybe not for now, but maybe when we look back and say, this, this was the first time that we saw Jared Goff become this kind of a quarterback and really, not necessarily attempt those throws, but attempt and make those throws. That when we when we see it again, it's not as surprising. But this time, mm-hmm. it was surprising because he pulled it off. Yeah, you could only have so many of those games where it's like, "Wow, you could do that!" And eventually, we're going to be like, "Why isn't he doing that anymore?" <laughs> Get to make the fans happy. But yeah, it was great to see that. It was great to see him kind of just establish it. Like, if you need me to take over. And you know, throw five touchdowns. Here's here, here's my here's my example. That was, that was fun to enough to do it. Not to not to get lost on anything here, but uh, that old line was pretty good as well. It gave him. I mean, he was he was sacked once, right? And that was almost his fault. He should have stepped up because what was kind of was pushing him wide, and Goff just kind of didn't sense it. But uh, other than that, I mean, he was just you know just back there dealing, you know, just taking time. Find what he wanted to do. We, you know, going through his progressions. He he very rarely had to move off his spot, and when he does, he throws that ball to Cooper Cup. It it was it was phenomenal all the way around. Great team effort uh, through four weeks. Through four weeks, the Rams have allowed the least sacks in the NFL and the least QB hits. I, there's no way that you can separate the performance of the offensive line from the performance of Jared Goff. They need each other, and they're absolutely killing it. Um, what I think is interesting now is that going into last week was the first time in the history of Tertio Times, obviously, given the way the last 14 years have gone. But more importantly, where we're headed, this was the first week in which we see the Los Angeles Rams atop the major power rankings 
as a unanimous kind of consensus. And uh, although the Kansas City Chiefs, again, won, uh, and they're also 4-0, the Rams are with them uh, and maybe alone, depending on how you feel about the two teams and where things are headed uh, individually between the Chiefs and the Rams, atop the NFL. And they've got to handle a different kind of um, what's the right word? The pre- preparation from teams week to week. We we went into 2017 completely different than when we went into 2018. We went into this year with huge expectations, huge hopes, completely different. We started uh, 2018 thinking that this was where we were headed. Well, now they've made it happen, and now we're there. Four and zero. The offense is cranking. The defense has some things they can work out, but they had a six quarter run where they were. Uh, went without giving up a single point. They've been some good performances together. How do the, how do the Rams handle four and zero, Robo? What do you think about the idea that the Rams are now going to play every game with a target on their back? Uh, that, they have enough veterans on that team. Right? I don't think it's that big a deal, uh, and I don't think Sean McVay will allow them to get it in their head that they're pretty. You know that they're you know above all. Uh, there was a little bit. I mean, you get some of that from Todd Gurley if you watch the post game. After TNF, uh, I think one of the hosts said, you know, hey, are you guys unbeatable? And he's like, yeah, 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 we are. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, we kind of are, but no. Nah. And then he kind of backed off a little bit. But I think – I do think that uh, McVeigh will keep them um, even keel and focus. And, you know, he's he hasn't changed. He, I mean, if you watch his, his press right after the game, he's like, you know what, uh, I need to be better in goal line situations. And he's done that, that typical Sean McVeigh thing where – we, I need to be more accountable. I need to be better. You know, as coaches, we need to be better. I need to be better in third down situations. I need to be better in the goal line. Uh, we need to get you know punch that stuff in. You know, we need to do our self scouting this week. He just kept that that full narrative going. So, uh, for a guy who won NFL Coach of the Year and is now starting off four and zero in this year, and offensively there's rolling. He's, I don't think he's going to let up on on what's gotten them there. So. Um, they, I, I think they also realize they still have some big games ahead of them, right? We have a little bit of a stretch here. We're on the road, not the hardest schedule, but we got we got some teams in front of us that they still have to get through. So hopefully that they'll they'll keep that going. I'm not too worried about them getting a little too big for the Britchers. What do you think, Joey? You think uh, they need to worry about any of that? I, I mean, if you look at that schedule, you gotta like you gotta like it. I mean, it's it has it definitely has some challenges, but I don't know. I, I feel like the Broncos, I think, played really well against the Chiefs tonight, but they're definitely an, a beatable team. But anybody could lose in the NFL. I, I, I think people were talking about the Rams going 15-1 and one or, or just being the de facto number one team. But, I mean, who, who knows how the Seahawks are going to play this week. And, you know, coming up, you got the Packers and, the, and I, I think the Saints – especially that Monday Night Football game on the 19th of, of November with the Chiefs. I mean, a lot of these teams are going to have their best game against the Rams, I could feel like. They're really going to be like, oh, right. you know what? Especially when they're national games. Like, I think the Turn Chiefs up. are going to play really well on, the, on that Monday Night Football game. Um, I think – I mean, I don't know, man. I, I uh, it's, it's it's nice to be the hunted, but um, – I mean, there's still, there's still some teams that could get it. I mean, I think we're lucky with the, with the division that we're in because I think the Niners, I mean, they don't have the quarterback and, you know, feel bad about that. 
you know, just because it's a dude. Do you, do you really? Do you really no, feel bad about that? I, no. I don't like to gloat over injuries or, 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 or take satisfaction in somebody getting hurt. But I think uh, I don't want the 49ers to win ever. So um, I like the fact that they're, you know, they, they don't have a good situation, a quarterback. And I feel like the Seahawks yeah. um, struggle in a lot of different positions. And I like Will that. Will Disley miss this week? Are you, are you upset that two of their better players are going to be out and potentially uh, Michael Kendricks could be out with a suspension. You know, Pete Carroll said today that we're not sure if we'll have him. We'll find out on Tuesday. And Kendrick, I, I, I want them to be, be the back. Are we, version, yes. Yeah. But, um, were we feeling bad that what was me hit Seattle? Because I sure hope not. No, no, no. I don't I don't feel bad about about, about Seattle. You, I just, if, if you feel bad for the yeah, if individual, like the, but if the guy blows out his knee, I'm not like, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you know, it's like, G, you know, having to go through a year of right, rehab, right, right. But you're not feeling bad that the Niners have some adversity heaped on their shoulders. No, bring it. I want it. Joe, do you, do you, find feel, bad way. For, do you feel bad for I'll, NFC West teams, you know, having having some problems early? I'll find a way to make it through. What 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 I find is interesting is the 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 Jimmy G injury seemed like it was set up based on what we saw last year with their with their you know put in terms of wins and losses. That before Jimmy G, that was a team that couldn't win a game, and with him, that was a team that couldn't lose. Well, that seems not necessarily the best constructed team if the only way you can win games is is quarterback play, right? Uh, yeah. We had a previous head coach that figured out a way to have quality quarterbacks and figured out which games to win or lose even with them. Th- those, those are better constructed teams. Now moving forward, if, 40, if the 49ers can't win a game with any other quarterback, that seems like not a problem about Jimmy G and more quarter, uh, issue with the 49ers overall. For the Rams, I, I think what's interesting is they, they've got everything at, at, at the tailwind where – they can just sit and, and, and wait for the 49ers to try to figure things out. You know, Earl Thomas is over here throwing the bird at the sideline. And, that was and Brian And Brian Schottenheimer being Brian Schottenheimer. There's, there's not a lot that the Rams necessarily need to do in the NFC West, irrespective of their performance, because everything is set up for them to be able to dominate things. And I think what's interesting is that, that despite the fact that they've got a pretty difficult schedule, things set up really well for them. What, what, what I find maybe more interesting going into this week is it's a really poignant reminder of how specific things are in the NFL, where, remember, we, we used to have a decent uh, what, history facing the Seahawks under Jeff Fisher that the idea that you know, especially in the years where the were really, really good, this is a team that used to go to the Super Bowl. You know this, Rob, facing them, you know, in Seattle, the Rams kind of had their number. That wasn't the problem, right? The problem was that we couldn't summon those kind of performances against other teams. Yeah, we had we had nobody's number outside of the division. <laughs> inside right. the division, Fisher was Fisher was pretty good inside the division. You you win some, you lose some, but for the talent compared to you know when Arizona was good and when you know especially the Seahawks. He did all right with those guys. And I'll tell you from you know living here, people here, you know, the 49ers at the time was their big, you know, hate the team we hate. But the Rams were the team they hated to, to play. Every week they, they'd be like, oh, God, we got to play you guys again. We always play like crap. Aaron, you know, Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn and uh, um, 
everyone else in the D line. I mean, like Eugene Sims always found to have his best game against the Seahawks. His one game a year, he always had, you know, we show up against the Seahawks and Russell Wilson get killed. And they hated up here to play the Rams just because it was always a slog. We, we, you know, we muddled up the game and we, we beat the crap out of their quarterback. And so, yeah, that, that doesn't, that doesn't change up here at all. And, and now, uh, you know, talking to people today at work and you now I can meet in whatever people are not looking forward to this. They're already resigned to getting blown out in this game. Cause if uh, the Rams are competitive when they were terrible, what, what's going to happen now that they're good. And they just remember back to last year when they ran them out of the building. So it's pretty interesting to hear people already resigned to just having this thing done this week. It's kind of, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Hey, Rob, I got that. a question. Yes, sir. When you walk around Seattle, are you pretty like, are you, are you pretty um, bold with your Rams gear? Like, does everybody uh, when they see you, it, do you have like the hat and the jacket and like everything? Are you kind of like Rams for life, or are you a little more subtle with your casual uh, wear around the great city of Seattle? So if I'm weekend time and it's it's not I'm not going to work and having a dress for work. Yeah, I, I'll wear like a Rams hat, like locally here, or whatever, or a shirt or something, depending on the, you know sweatshirt, whatever it is. I'll, I'll wear Rams stuff. Um, I, I'm not you know rockstar Rams in it, so I'm not I'm not out there in full regalia. But I'm usually having I usually have something on on the weekend just because. But I tell you what, when it's Rams Seahawks week, I uh, I tend to like I'll like this morning I put a hat on this morning. Just to wear it in, and then I got to work. I took it off, but uh, just so all my fellow commuters know, yeah, it's this week, and, and I'm here for you. Yeah, I let them know I'm out there with it, definitely. Bro, it's it's just a hat. Bro, it's just a hat. It's just a hat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We're waiting, Joey. I know it's later on in the show. Four um, and oh, boys, uh, coming out of the game. We didn't really talk about the game a ton. Um, any concerns? Obviously, the defense didn't play well overall. Anything that you'd like us to shore up? Any injury issues? We can get to Dominique Easley. We can get to some of the guys on the men, Greg Zerline, Mark Barron. Anything that concerns you heading into week five? Into week five? You know, are we concerned this week? Uh, In between, you know yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what. The one thing this this Seahawks team has done the last two weeks and, and – you know they're getting killed up here for it. Is is uh, Pete Carroll all off season? Is we're going to get back to doing what we do. You know Seahawks. We have this formula. It's got to be 50 completed passes and or runs. So they want to have a com- combination of rushing attempts and completed passes at 50 plus, and that's their formula for winning. And they didn't do that the first two weeks, and it, it kind of got them a little bit. In the last two weeks, they made a concerted effort to run the ball more, and they had 150 yards rushing with Mike Davis leading the way at 100 yards. Um, and they've they've kind of touted that as their their formula, and they've been they they're not doing the zone thing. They're they're kind of coming right at you right now. They're a little more power run, and they've had some success at points. And that's one thing that's cost the Rams this year is is defending the run. Up until this week, they were giving up five yards a rush. They seemed to bottle up Dalvin Cook pretty well. It was Kirk Cousins who took over that game, but. If I'm looking for a concern this week, it's you know Seahawks slowing everything down by keeping the ball and running on them. Yeah, but I'm just not sure they can drive the length of the field because uh, that O-line is still piss poor at, at saving Russell it's Wilson. And he, and he bails. He, you know, Part of it's his fault. He bails early, which is another thing Russell Wilson is getting murdered for up here is that he should just stay in the pocket and not run in, and run in sacks. So am I concerned? No. But if we're looking for one thing to kind of watch for this week, it, it, you know, it might be that they're going to try to run the ball on us and you know keep the offense up the field kind of thing. And they could have some moderate success. At doing it. I don't think it's going to be nearly enough, though. 
I kind of like the idea. Well, I was gonna, I was going to say I, I like the idea of how arbitrary it is to throw out fifty runs and completed passes. That, oh, that's the thing up here. The randomness of that. See that I've never heard that. That's really sexy to me. I I, I think if you if you, I'll give you guys some time. I'll throw I'll throw one together myself. I like the idea of combining Todd Gurley rushes with Gerald Everett targets. If that can get over <laughs> twenty. I, I, I don't know what this is. I've never heard of such a thing, but I like it. I want to run with it. Todd Gurley rushes plus Gerald for target. I feel comfortable that we can win this game. Why? I have no idea. It seems just arbitrary as running the ball and completed passes. Do you, get, do you guys have an arbitrary combo that you can come up with? Maybe something with Brandon Cooks in terms of receiving t- targets. Obviously, Robbo, you got a wide receiver. you got to throw <clears> some <throat> love at. we got Jared Goff, Joey. You know this. House, there, I, I love the arbitrariness. This it makes no sense why that's a thing, but I like it. That's that's Pete Carroll's thing, and it's 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 kind of catching on up here because it abused it, it the last two weeks on like all the media people, whatever. Yo, they got back to their magic winning formula of you know fifty runs <laughs> and completed passes. I'm like, all right, you 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 needed a fifty two yard field goal ten to to beat Josh Rosen at home, but okay. How interesting. Yeah, yeah that's where we're at. That's what we have. The defense, I don't know. What do you, I, I, are you guys good with what we saw past defense-wise, John Johnson? I don't and... know. What do you think, Joey, about the defense? I don't know. I, I thought it was a little weird that Marcus Peters was out there. I, I, I kind of was I was a little worried about him. I was like, is this guy right? Like, It just kind of felt like it was such a last-minute decision. But I think uh, he plays pretty good, though, right? Like, I, it, it didn't seem like um, – he was he, he was he was limited too much by this calf injury, but um, it felt like to me that Kirk Cousins could really complete any pass he wanted, and uh, I don't know it, that that gave me a little bit of cause. I just I want to keep the lead back, and I want Mark Barron back. I'm worried that Mark Barron's never going to come back. It's like Andrew Luck last year that they keep just saying it's Achilles, Achilles, and then finally, you know, week fourteen they're like, oh yeah, yeah, he's out for the season. But um, I don't know. So I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I, I'm a leery that a team's going to come in. Not this week. I'm I'm thinking more in the future that, you know, I'm like, ah, can the Packers, are they going to, you know, throw 50 on us or something, you know? That's, yeah, or, that's, or the Saints or the Chiefs. Sure. Sure. They're going to face some teams that can sling it coming down the road, right? Wentz yeah. will be, you know, back and playing for a couple of months. But at that, that point, I mean, they're going to face some some offensive yeah. threats. Um, you just I mean, is anyone disappointed in the Marcus Joyner's play right now? Like mildly, not like you're mad at him, but his franchise tagged, and you know it's a, it's a pretty big year for him. It seems I don't know. I'm not seeing the Marcus I saw last year. Is he is he a little butt hurt right now? He's not got a, a, a deal. He's not saying anything. I'm just wondering, like, is there anything there with, with that, or are we we good with with, with L and J? I mean, the question. I mean, people are talking about it. It's a, it's a story, kind of. Yeah, it's just watching them. You know, it just I don't see the same guy I saw last year. Um, and I don't, it, it could be that they're you know they're down to leave right now, and, and Peters was injured, whatever, and they're moving things around. John Johnson's being moved a little bit here and there. Uh, just I'm not feeling. I think this the scary thing is I think the secondary could get better than, than they're playing, which is good news. Sure. Because I, I trust Wade to get that going in the right direction. Uh, maybe it, it also depends that you know they haven't they haven't had a lot of pass rush. 
So they've had to, but the, the teams are getting the ball out early against them. So I mean, there's a lot of that, just different weirdness. Yeah. That's the bigger issue. Is I think it, it, almost because the teams are getting the ball out early and, and put pushing it underneath, it's the kind of situation that you want Lamarcus Joyner to show up more. And maybe that's why he's not necessarily disappointing, but that you expect a little bit more of him versus last year things were pushed back a little bit and he could wait for things in front of him. It, it, the linebacker issue is real interesting. I mean, obviously, you got a, a complete turnover, right? Week one last year, Mark Barron and Alec Ogletree in the middle, Robert Quinn, Connor Barwin on the outside. All four of them are, have been unavailable. Quinn, Barwin, Ogletree gone. Barron unavailable through injury. The Rams have a whole new crew that they're trying to figure out things in the middle. Kind of trying to figure out things on the fly. Uh, we'll have to see. What do you guys think about moving forward about this linebacker group? What, what, how do you feel? And obviously in the news that Mark Barron's maybe coming back and uh, Dominique Easley going to IR, what do you guys feel about linebacker group? Uh, it's still a work in progress, still a little bit of concern there. Uh, the middle I'm not as concerned about. I think you know, Mark e. Christian coming down playing some of that, I think he's he's shown up in the passing game a little bit and – and little Tim flies all over the field while he's not super stout. When you attack him directly, he still has a lot of athleticism and is able to chase, chase down from behind and, and you know scrape sideline to sideline. Remick Wilson's been okay. I think if they get Mark Barron back healthy, that healthy, that's going to solve a lot of those problems. But we got to be concerned about the edge, right? Uh, you know, yeah. I think Samson Ibukam's uh, got five pressures or something like that. I, I saw something. And maybe he had five pressures last week, but he's he's sec- he's actually second in. in uh, or JFMS, I'm sorry, a second and for the rookies and, and pressures. So he, you know, he, him coming up and stepping up. Maybe we get to see more of him coming out there, with Dom being down. But they just don't have any, a lot of edge pressure. I think the the best edge pressure edge rusher they got right now is Ndamukong and Sue when they put him in the wide nine. Uh, he's had two sacks in the last two weeks when they pushed him out there. So I would not, I would not be opposed to seeing them push him wide, let Brockers and Donald go up in the, in the you know inside, and then you know Samson or whoever you can put on the other side, JFM, whatever. But Sue, Sue in that wide nine is pretty explosive. He moves big for a, fast for a big man. So maybe they start tweaking that a little bit. Maybe I don't know. Joey, you have any thoughts on the, the linebacker situation? Yeah, I do. I think, oh, that, uh, was, that was it. That was, that was the thoughts on the linebacker situation. <laughs> Joey, thoughts on the linebacker situation? <laughs> I think I'm going to pass. That was the baby. I don't know if you've ever got to the, the point parenting where you just put the baby in a car and you just drive down yeah. the freeway after 30 minutes. Get him to go to sleep Get somehow. Joey, thoughts yeah. on a star is born into the Oscar Best Pictures? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I think we're talking defense, though, right? Like we're talking about. Um, are we talking? I was about to talk about John Franklin Myers, but I yeah. want to see him get more get more uh, opportunities to uh, to get to dudes. But um, getting sacks in my in my my brain is get to dudes, but. Um, I, I like what I've seen with him. I thought he had that great play. and uh, But I'm a little bit worried. I mean, I wonder how many people right now are thinking, like, we just got to get Ogbo healthy and we can throw him on the edge and all of our problems will be gone. Half <laughs> of the, Rams Twitter are, are thinking that. I, I feel like Eli, Rams Eli liar in the USA home. today. Yes. 
totally. They were they're really high in Ogbo. They really think like that's our man, like sixth round steal. Like he's gonna be put him in. He'll be starting for ten years. But um <laughs> we'll see. I hope. I do love the idea that a fifth round rookie for a Super Bowl caliber team is the solution at one of the most premium positions in all of football at edge rusher that, Oh no, just being a fifth round rookie, it'll work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you got a second year, fourth rounder and, and I become right. He was a fourth rounder last year. So he didn't really play a ton last year. So. Well, and and, and Matt wrong. Longmaker was, was undrafted, right? And a, and a D tackle. Was he playing? Was he playing maybe D end last year? Yeah. They, that's a whole whole level of experiment that they've got going on up Matt, there. It's Matt Longacre so seems like one of those guys that'll just play like whatever. Hey, whatever. Matt Longacre, can you play tight end? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I play <laughs> tight end. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he could he could play offensive guard for Tom Cable. I mean, that guy loves taking defensive players and turning hey, offensive. Hey, Matt players. Longacre, can you play strong? Say, yeah, I played that in seventh grade. I'm good. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Place kicker for his fifth when he's five years old for Halloween. Yeah, can, place, can you kick? Uh, I've been can waiting all my coach? life to play place kicker. I'm good. Go ahead. We're picking you out. Long kicker again. Yeah. Uh, how about did we didn't even mention that you know the struggles of Johnny Hecker this year? Johnny, for the guy who's had yeah. seven points all year, he hasn't been hasn't been pretty. Luckily, we haven't needed him. And mm. what the hell was that pass? To Jay Ray, I miss my <laughs> because the effort that Jay Ray put into even looking for that I ball know. was terrible. It was terrible. It was that he, great. Didn't even, he didn't even care. He didn't like ah, fuck it, whatever. His one how job is to that jump is, higher than everybody else. I don't know. I know. How much do they do they attempt a field goal if they got Griggs or line? Yes. Yeah. It was this what, is 50, just the same thing. fifty-four yards or something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think of Jeezy's out there. They kick it. If not, it's like, uh, all right, Johnny, you you throw a bomb. Let's let's see if we can make, we can hit hit this thing. The Sam Pickin area, you got to love it. Um, Rob, before we close out our discussion of the game, let's go ahead and drop the needle. Six foot two, two hundred eight pound blonde <laughs> bombshell from Yakima, Washington. Steps up Thursday night football and goes off like the man he is. Nine receptions, a buck 62, two touchdowns, beautiful route running, torching linebackers. The man does it all. He makes babies, he flips burgers, he cooks everything. The one and only Cooper Cup. What can you say about Cooper Cup? No, I'm just gonna let you keep going. Just keep going. You got like, you got 45 seconds left to play. He, he, he took his off. He took his. He took his day off. He flew up to Montana State to watch his little brother take, as a Washington State Eagle, take on the Bobcats, bring home the victory. He came back home. He's taking. He's cookouts with Brandon Cooks. He's catching touchdowns. He's torching linebackers. He's got nine for 162. The man was un. Draftable by some people. You just gotta stay away from him. He's a small schooler. He's terrible at the combine, and he's tearing that ass up for our boys. <laughs> the man is like eighth in the NFL in receiving yards right now. Everyone wants to be Cooper Cup. You should be Cooper Cup for Halloween, boys and girls. Cooper Cup. 
But I'm not sure what else to say about Coop other than uh, I'm going to have to excuse myself and go to the bathroom. I, I think what's great about that is that it felt like you wrote that down like on a cocktail napkin three days ago. And you turn your, your wife at like two o'clock in the morning. You're like, okay, I got into Lambo, Cooper Cup. What if I say? <laughs> Baby, I'm going to be Cooper Cup and you're going to be a footballer. We're going to do I'm a, I'm a little... I'm a little bit more worried that he didn't write it down and that he's just practiced it like 300 times. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, this is my Cooper Cup soliloquy. Do you want to know how Cooper Cuppy I am? I got a I got a message from someone on Twitter today. I, I get to work, I pull up my machine, and there's someone saying, "Hey, can you please DM me? I have a Cooper Cup question." I'm like, All right. So I DM him. Yeah, what's up? And uh, he referenced the, the interview I did with Cooper Cup last year after it was pre-draft, and we had, you know, 15 minutes to chat with him. So Joe hooked me up with that, and he's like, so I, I got this article, and I, I loved one of the answers he had to your question, which was, you know, basically how do you, you know, how do you go from a high school nobody to, a, a, you know, FCS superstar kind of situation and then now playing in the NFL. I just loved his, his answer, and he was really – Gave me this huge, great thing, and at the end he says, "My 18th birthday on Saturday, and I would love for you to help me get his autograph in time for my birthday. Can you can you hook me up with that?" <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm I'm deep in the Cooper Cup, but I don't I don't I'm sorry, people, I I don't have the ability to get you autographs. Um, if he's ignoring you on Instagram, he's gonna ignore me too. As as much as as much as as uh, I'm a Cooper Cup fan, uh, that would cross a whole level of creepy. So. Can't help you with autographs, but I can give you. I can. I can appreciate your love of the boy, the man. Lies, the man. Ro- li- absolute lies. Rob has him on speed dial. <laughs> I do like the idea of Cooper <laughs> Cup as a Halloween costume because yeah. nobody would know who you were. Like if if, if you go as Cooper what are you Cup, about? nobody Halloween, would know. Every, nobody would know who you. They're gonna be like, Everyone who are you, Dennis the Menace? Who is this? <laughs> you, know, you, know. <laughs> you just need to have a scraggly beard. You know the, the the eighteen on your chest. Uh, what are you, Davidson? Rob is such a Cooper Cup guy that he would go as Cooper Cup, but not in his uniform, just in his regular clothes. Why don't you know who this is? What do you he mean? always wears this 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 tracksuit. <laughs> I could go as like. Uh, Eastern Washington Cooper Cup, definitely. I've got enough EWU gear from over the years. I could I could pull off the the you know the the seventy six touchdown machine that he was a. Excuse uh, me, sir. I like your Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> costume. <laughs> oh. Benedict Cumberbatch wishes he was Cooper Cup. You, you boys yeah. just wish you had a crush on someone like I have Cooper Cup. I mean, your Gerald Everett, uh, your Gerald Everett love isn't even gonna touch it. Cooper Cup. Place Cooper Cup, Tom Hiddleston. Tom no, no, Hiddleston Bradley would make Cooper. a mean. Bradley Cooper. It's got Bradley Cooper, right? Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo <laughs> Hemsworth. Oh, it's been Cooper Cup ever since I was four years old. I remember being Cooper Cup the day I woke up. Can I get Johnny Depp to be Cooper Cup? He's a great Johnny Depp that. would make a good. <laughs> Savvy? Yeah. Bring, nice. bring Robert Redford out of uh, retirement. The old <laughs> Cooper, like, play play eight-year-old Cooper Cup 60 years from now. 
I am gonna. There's gonna be there are gonna be so yeah, many Cooper Cup jerseys at the game this weekend here in Seattle. He's he's got like a family the size of of a small county, uh, and they're gonna be the Cooper, Cooper Cup takeover at, at Century League this weekend. You watch. I'll I'll snap some pics. I'll be wearing my Cooper Cup. I'm gonna try to blend in as a family member and, and see if I can see if I can get that boy his autograph and send it to him. <laughs> who was the bad Who was the bad kid in the Harry Potter movies? What was his name? Oh, Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Have him play Yeah, yeah. His name is uh, Tom something. Uh, you lie. You lie. Oh, you know what you do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, His name oh, is transition. Tom Felton. Oh, Tom Felton, that's right. Have him play. Yeah. Cooper Cup. I will say this. Cooper Cup would be great at Quidditch. He would be a great Quidditch player. His technique on seeker. the broom. Oh, he'd be a phenomenal <laughs> About 30% of our listeners right now are very uncomfortable. <laughs> Cooper Cup. Are there statistics for Quidditch? Do I need to learn this? Like Cooper Cup's, his, his pass reception rate in Quidditch is at least 70%. I mean, the the funny the best part about Quidditch is the only thing that matters is if you get the golden snitch. You, you can get dominated the entire game, but as long as you get the snitch, you're good. So all you do that is whole you thing Coop. doesn't none right? of that makes any sense. Here's the thing: they're playing football. They're playing soccer. They're playing soccer on brooms, and at the same time, they're chasing a fucking golden butterfly. Which which game are they playing? Yeah. I don't I don't understand. And I'm not a Harry Potter. I know there's rules and there's internet and all this stuff. I don't know, which game are they supposed to be playing? It seems like the soccer doesn't matter at fucking all. No, nothing matters. It's all about the snitch. And could, yeah, it's, don't tell me it's Cooper Cup would not be about it too much. Would not be the master of getting the snitch. He's already got the snitch. Why don't they all go? You got, got nine I, snitches last week for a buck. You got nine <laughs> snitches last week for a snitches. buck sixty-four. For 145 <laughs> two touchdowns. Points. I'm bad at Harry Potter. Why don't they all go for the snitch? Why does anybody not go for the snitch? Why don't they go for the snitch as a team? Yeah, you got I two guys with clubs. Aren't you to get that, that snitch? Yeah. Quidditch. Yeah. I can't. I really can't talk Quidditch. I'm. Uh, because the first time I saw it, I've been out on Quidditch when I discovered that you don't have to do anything but get the golden ball. All the other stuff is just, you know, minutia. Doesn't matter. Who needs it? That was a really, really bad game there, J.K. Rowling. Should have put some more time into preconception. Um, bad segue. Dominique Easley. That's so bad for Dom. Dom. be his fifth. Six knee surgery. How many is this now? Can he? Can he? Can he? He has more time. I guess the good news is he has more time to work on his pilot's license. He can become a pilot. Oh. Do, do you think? I mean, he's he's not thirty yet, right? Like he's. he's Does that matter? At that, at that, well, I think. Do you think right now he's thinking I'm done, or is he thinking like, nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comeback because after a while, like six of these. Yeah. Do you I start mean, to be like I'm, de- you know, like I'm out? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he just says I'm retiring. I'm done. It, it's appropriate you're playing the Titanic because right now I see Dom easily clinging to the to the board, slipping under the water. <laughs> and right now the rest of the team is, is slipping away. Right. 
here's the oh, thing that I think is interesting is when, when we talk about the NFL and the the idea of like concussions and, and, and late term injuries that affect guys late into their lives. When I got out of bed this morning and I stood up, uh, my knees were like, "Oh, bro, fuck that," and I have not had five ACL injuries. When Don Easley is forty eight years old, is fifty four years old. His knees yeah. have to just be. He he might he might be the first person to die by knees. His <laughs> knees might just kill him, and be like, "No, yeah. we're not Close doing this ever, ever again. We're not doing this ever again." That would be a crazy obituary. He died of of knees. He died of knee. And everybody knee. would believe it. Everybody would go, yeah. "Yep, nope." The knees were totally in the clear. <laughs> they deserved it. Um. Yeah, get well. Um, that sucks, man. He signed the one-year deal, uh, for this season. It just didn't work out. It sucks, man. Hope the best for him. Moving forward, uh, we got a fun one on the run sheet here. Brandon Cooks held a a cookout, a grilling uh, party, a barbecue. There are many fights to be had on the internet between what the difference between those three it uh are. He had his offense over to hang out. And it was interesting, mainly because of a photo. Joey, there was a lot in this photo. Yeah. Loved it. I mean, it, it just I love to see that it just feels like these guys like each other. And, of course, it really helps when you're winning. But I loved that there's all these guys holding babies. I thought that was super fun that they didn't, you know, I, I, I would assume that, John that the, the mothers were there, too. Yep. Yep. And Heaven's um, name was not there because he was having a baby. Lots of babies. Having a baby. I haven't signed having yeah. a baby. That's right. And I love to see uh, Goff not wearing shoes. And the other thing, I, a couple of people brought that up on the internet. And um, I just was wondering if Andrew Whitworth uh, was, you know, got bossy and he was on the grill or was, since it was at Brandon Cook's place. Was he the grill master? I, I, I want to know more about this. I don't yeah, just want to hold, hold on a minute. <laughs> I want like hold a on a minute. Here it comes. Hold on. Here it comes. What kind of tongs we use? If we use it in metal tongs, you got to watch. With... Excuse me, ma'am. This is a cookout now. We can't be having. Five the, more leg one makes the, a reappearance on the TSR again. The children need to be inside. This is a cooking situation. We got safety protocols to follow. <laughs> Sean Mannion, I don't know what you holding over there. Get on inside with your ass. <laughs> Robert Woods, if that's a jewelry you go well outside, you got to make sure it's clasped around your neck. Now look, Brandon Cook, you, you're about five foot of two. If you're going to be out here, you got to have face safety well. That's the only way we going to have a party out here. Okay? Jerry Everett, you got a hole in your pants. You might need to get a patch on that. What is that hanger? Is that a is that a waistband? Is that a shoelace? What is that hanger for your pants? Go ahead. Put your belt on. This is a party here. Not a release from the local pol- the, the local jail. This is not what we're gonna do here. This is a Rams <laughs> official event. Thank you. Come on out now, Todd. I like your hat. I like your sunglasses. Very professional now. 
every goddamn time I laugh. <laughs> I always forget this. that Andrew Whitworth is from Louisiana. And oh, then, man, that's uh, true. Joe reminds me. I love it. <laughs> if you I, look um, at that picture, Andrew Whitworth is all serious in the back. And I could just see those thoughts for instance. Sean Manuel, what the what the hell are you doing out here? Sean, wait a minute. Who the hell done invited Sam Rogers to this? This is not a come one, come all event. This is an invitation only. Jared, you better put on some foot protection now. You can't be out here. You, you got slinners. You, you could slip. I said, don't run by that pool. I said, don't run. Ain't no running. That's, oh. that's, God, I'm dying. Tears in my face because I'm watching. I'm looking at this picture and just hearing this conversation. It's so good. You bring up a good point, though. I really feel like there had to be a moment where Andrew Whitworth said to Jared Goff, "Like you should put on some shoes. You're gonna hurt your feet." <laughs> we, we can't afford that. No joke. This a long season. You want to go barefoot in a bye week? It's not a barefoot bye week. Put All right, John McClain. Where that no boom at? Get over here, no boom. I got a thing to teach you now. Look. <laughs> I'm looking at this picture. What the hell is Sean Mannion doing to this picture? Why isn't he taking the picture for the other guys? Why is Sean Mannion even there? That's not, that's not even a baby. They just gave him a doll <sighs> to hold in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Sean, get in here. I'm allowed to take a picture? Yeah, get, no, get in here. <laughs> Hold this. What I is thought it was because I was nannying your kids. Oh, man. It's, just, it's the best thing that happened over the last couple of days with this picture. The what is going on with Sean Mannion's socks? Sean Mannion Sean is the only person at this event wearing socks, and they're yeah, approaching his kids. They're like you know a, a pack of uh, of Walmart six for eight dollar kind of uh, cruise. He literally came from the skateboarding competition straight over to this cookout. He was that with John Kelly, and he just had to go to the cookout. <laughs> Sorry, John, you're not invited, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go get this barbecue. Oh, we brought John Kelly. It's gonna be a Tennessee party now. <laughs> oh, I see. Excuse me, let me get the V neck. <laughs> oh, that's the good stuff. Good. That's that's the kind of stuff you can do when you're four and zero and feeling good. You get to have yeah. barbecues and Andrew Whitworth gets to talk about player safety, proper footwear. And Jared, I thought I told you to put some shoes on. You still out here walking barefoot in the moonlight? If you don't put some shoes on, we about to have a problem. <laughs> That this this fall on CBS, Whitworth and Golf. <laughs> Captain Whitworth. That, oh, I would just watch a show where it's a reality show and it's Whitworth and Golf just living to their roommates on the road. That'd be great. That that picture just Whit- screams Ramley. It's all about the Ramley. It's all about, about Whitworth living, living by the rules and golf being a the kind of Matthew McConaughey doesn't play, but turn on, turn in your badge and your gun, golf. Whatever. Could they, could they reboot the <laughs> Don Couple? <laughs> right? <laughs> season four. You never play by the rules, golf. That's why you off the case. 
Lieutenant Mannion. Well, I was reviewing the case files, and it appears that in April in 2003... <laughs> <laughs> I was doing your taxes, and I noticed that you're itemizing. I cross-referenced their toe prints, and it appears that... <laughs> so good. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh... you had a great piece this week. It was a great piece. It was a great piece. It was well written. It was good. Um, yeah, sensitive. Well, well, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I was, when I, now, hold I on a minute now. Thing. We got all these new fans coming in here. Big and big and just walk in the door and just say hello. That's not the way this works. You got to come through the bouncing now. Um, I... Uh... My kid goes to preschool, and he has this. Um, they had these like new parent parties, and so we went, and we didn't know any of the other parents. And the when I mentioned the bro, it's just a hat was was one of the other dads, and uh, and so you know you're just trying to like find someone to talk to because you don't know anybody. You know, just like oh, it's like new parent week at the preschool, and so he's wearing this Rams hat, like it's very new, and uh, and I was like, oh hey, you like the Rams, like. You know, John McVeigh or whatever, you know, and he just looks at me and he goes, bro, it's just a hat. You know, that's like, okay, <laughs> so just walk away. And like, right, that conversation it's died. So but I just, you know, like, every time I pick up my kid, he's always there. And when he wears his Rams hat, I just think to myself, like, it's just a hat, bro. It's just a hat. <laughs> but he just took it. I would see it. I'm like, oh, Rams. And I want to talk to him. And I'm like, I oh, know this guy's, this guy's, um. He's on the bandwagon. Or I don't even, he's just in it for the hat, actually. So he's not even on the bandwagon. I don't even know if he's watching the games. He just likes the logo. So we got that. We got that going on in LA. Um, what which color scheme was it? Was it the St. Louis colors? Was it the, the traditional? It was blue? all. It was all black. It was black. It was, <laughs> it was, it was all black. <laughs> black with a white logo. Yeah. No, yeah. it just the logo was oh, black the on a black hat. <laughs> He just wanted to blend so, in. So New York Rams colors. Yeah, yeah. It just sometimes I feel like when you go into a hat store and you look at the different hats, I feel like forty percent of them are just the ugliest hat they could make on purpose. You know, like I always feel like they're like, what if we just like, you know, embarrass ourselves and then they just make this hat? And you're like, I'm not gonna buy that. And he was wearing one of those hats. Anyways, um. I I yeah, do like I the idea of like a of a recurring Joey nightmare of just a bro it's just a hat of <laughs> of Joey going yeah. up to like his children dad it's just a hat dad it's yeah, just exactly. a hat <laughs> <laughs> totally um yeah like the kid yeah the, the dad's kid goes up to me and goes can you stop talking to my dad it's just a hat leave him alone <laughs> stop trying to bond with him. You know, the, for anyone who didn't read the uh, well-written article by Joey, Joey O, uh, the, it stemmed from a Twitter conversation, right? Uh, it came yeah. up, and I was tagged in. Brendan Bate and I both were tagged on this thing. and it was, You uh, you were tagged in it. Uh, Joey, were you oh. tagged in this? I wasn't. 
But I, uh, I, I, I saw it kind of happening. I never engaged with a guy because I, I thought after a while everybody was just dunking on him. And you're like, okay, I think he's just doing it for attention. It, but it, it, it brought up some interesting responses, I think, from people. But So the, the um, gist of it was that a longtime 49er fan lives in L.A., decided after the Jimmy G injury and after the Rams win that he wanted to throw away his allegiance to the 49ers. Five days, five days ago, he was talking shit about the Rams and loving the 49ers. Jimmy G goes down. Rams come up a couple days later, have a great win. And he wants to switch allegiances to become a Rams fan. And so someone on Twitter had, uh, you know, sent, he's asking for good Rams follows. And someone tags myself and Brandon Bate and, and a bunch of other people and say, hey, you know, here, here are the guys you want to, you want to, you know, start following, which is very nice. They threw, threw that out there. And my old ass was, no, <laughs> it wasn't anything because, I've been around longer and I've, I've suffered and you have it because honestly the Rams have been terrible for so long. We could use every fan we can get minus one in my eyes. Uh, I don't, I'm, I just I had a problem with the dude. No. You know, oh, that, was, that was very specific. No. Yeah, Hold on. Go back. Go back. Of, I just had a problem with a guy switching in like midweek after his team lost. The Rams the kid involved all fans. Minus one. Minus one. <laughs> Go bring that fandom in here. We're like Andrew Whitwood. Wow. Hold on now. Why are you going to single out Andrew Whitwood as the only man that can't be a Ram fan? That's very rude of you, Rob Cohen. <laughs> you can't be switching after your quarterback go down. You got, you got to stay with we're gonna them change, the season. We're going to change them colors to the purple and gold just like NSU. That's the real colors of an LA Rams fan. That that was where this whole thing started from. And I basically said, you know, I'm out on this guy because, you know, five years ago you're a diehard and now you want to be a Rams fan after they they're doing well. Wait till the end of the season and we'll take you then. But right now I'm not let you, I'm I'm not down with you switching midweek. Not a big deal. And I also followed up with at the end of the day, you know, people can root for whoever they want. You just ask my opinion. I said no. Brandon Bay took it a couple steps further and, and did what Brandon does, which was pretty humorous and it set up yeah. a spark and boy that that chain went for three damn days. It was people chiming in back and forth, and it, it just got out of control. I think I had to tweet out like four or five times. I, honestly, I'm all for every fan we can get, because when you go to the games, you don't need to see two thirds Viking fans or Eagle, like when I was there last year. The Eagles was ridiculous. How many Eagles fans were in the stand? We want Rams fans yeah. there, and I'm, so I'm all about that. And I just yes, I singled out the one guy. Um, but, you know, as Joey, Joey wrote a really good article, so if you guys haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's short. It, it talks about this and, and the idea of bandwagon fans, and, you know, we should we, – we, we really should be welcoming everyone on, as, a, as a part of this. And the point also of, you know, L.A. hasn't had a team in 20 damn years. Um, you know, it's going to take a while for some people to come around, and a winning product is going to do that. And also the fact that, you know, when you're good – you attract new fans. It's just, I mean, I live in the bandwagon capital of the of the NFL in Seattle, and you know, there's a diehard base here that always has been. But uh, when they started winning, that thing took off, and it was the cool the cool thing to do is be taking a selfie at at uh, CenturyLink and, and posting it because you're at you know at the Seahawks game, you paid eight hundred dollars for tickets, you had to you know sell your car to do it, but you got that selfie and everyone thinks you're cool. It's just you, we want that in Los Angeles. So I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I just, I had one, one specific, now I'm out. And it, it kind of blew up. It was, it was, it was not fun. Because <laughs> my mentions were nuts. Well, one yeah. thing that's interesting yeah. that I, I noticed that living here for, um, like even going to college here and all the people that kind of went to my college in LA was um, 
they're all from somewhere Wait, different. What, so everybody was like, I'm a Bears fan. Just so we're clear, what college was that, Joey? Oh, here Loyola we go. Marymount University. Um, okay. Home of Hank Gathers. They do not have a football team. But um, why do oh. I think Hank Gathers, when he was alive, God rest his soul, he spoke like Andrew Whitworth. He looked like a guy who. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go up and get this rebound here. And my friend Bo, my friend Bo Kilka was going to take them free throws. We are to every brand new one. That's the Oh, well, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, I just, no, I just remember. Hank, Hank gathered no just reminded, he was he just Hank reminded me of a guy who would sound like Andrew Williams. Yeah, yeah, well, you know the yeah. movie the movie they made for uh, like a for TV movie and Nell Carter was his mom in no. the movie and I remember it was great and um, it's a, it's a sad story but he died on the court it was really um, it really affected that school but um, they were they had like fifteen hundred students before they made it to the Sweet Sixteen and then they doubled their. Um, their enrollment of like the college, like when they made that run for college basketball. I think now there's probably like seven, eight thousand students. It's still a small school, you, but um, you're yeah. exactly right. When that, I was actually living down there, I was, that was what eighty. When was that? Eighty-eight or so, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Was that about right? So I was still living yeah. there, just going to going to college, and uh, I went around. Remember, and I I got sucked into that whole story when they made their run, and I was trying to find me a Loyola Marymount basketball T-shirt. I never got one, but I was, I mean, I was sucked into the bandwagon of this. I was totally on board with that back then. Uh, and if someone told me, no, not you, I would respect that. Well, yeah, because I think, no, <laughs> I think, but my, my point of being at LMU is that, so all these people have different teams that they like, because they already, you know, they're like, oh, I'm from Chicago, so I like the Bears. I got a buddy who's a Colts fan. I got a buddy who's a Niners fan. Nobody's a Rams fan. So I'm making all my friends go to these Rams games and they're having fun, but they're also thinking, well, I grew up in, you know, Cleveland, so I have to be a Browns fan. But then after a while, I think what's going to happen is they're going to have fun watching the Rams. And, you know, they know, oh, I'm going to live in L.A. for the rest of my life. So I'm going to embrace this team a lot more. And um, I think that's, that's it's just going to happen. But I think that my totally. point that I wanted to make in the article is that you can't control what everybody um who's going to love your team and i think now you look at any franchise there's going to be just people that you don't agree with that you don't want to hang out with that also like your team and that's the fun of it but also we can't you know we can't check ids and it's just going to get a mess because i think it's been a tight-knit um loyal fan base and now it's just going to become whatever it becomes but it's it's, going to get weird especially if this team goes on the tear, like I feel like they can, and Jared Goff becomes what I want him to be, which is like this like elite quarterback in the league, it's going to be really interesting to see how um, how they fit in with the Lakers and the Dodgers, you know? Because I think it right now they're, they're they play at best in three. Football. Yeah, exactly, and I, I think we don't even know what that's going to be like in the city, and it's it's going to have to write itself out. And um, I'm I'm excited for it, you know. I think I think. People right now are are so talking about the past, and they're talking about, oh, I, I I started at this point, I liked him then, and this is a bad experience, and now it's a good experience, and I I earned this 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 achievement of of 
liking them from you know rags to riches but um it's a great story but i i I don't think that has to be everybody's story no 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 totally agree with you on that uh yeah well like i said welcome all aboard with there was there was uh so few people who were Rams fans over the last X number of years. And you know, there's no, there's no fault in anyone because when you follow a terrible team for 18 years, uh, you know, it is what it is. But when you start playing exciting football and you're winning and you left the scoreboard and you got, you got guys like Andrew, Andrew Whitworth, people want to get to know him and follow him. And there's a character. You saying people want following the Rams. Now wait a minute. It's just how it is. It's gonna grow. It's gonna grow, and people are gonna like it. It just well. I I know one thing I thought was interesting. Sorry, real quick. Is when when I was in high school, the um the Rams were bad. They were in Anaheim, and it was really close to where I was going out. Um, you know, was where I lived, and just like ten minutes down the freeway. But I think the last four or five years before they left for St. Louis, they were winning like five games, six games, four games. They were terrible. That was the second think, coming of Chuck Knox, right? Yeah, and I think just the interest is like, I think they left my like sophomore, junior year of high school. And you know, I have to kind of tell you that it it felt like you're like, okay, well, this is a team I've liked my whole life, but it, it feels almost like a girlfriend breaks up with you. And you're like, I'm going to pay attention to them, but like, I'm not going to be totally actively engaged. I just kind of felt like when it first happened, and I think yeah, it's hard for everybody. Yeah, everybody has a different that's story. A, you know? That's a good team now. You had Jim Every, Cleveland Garrett. That's a good team. You going to break up? <laughs> no, Jim Everett was in, was in New Orleans by that point. Jimmy. Jimmy I, do, I do kind of want to do that. I, I, I kind of want to formally leave the podcast and just announce Andrew Whitworth as the formal replacement for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Todd Kinchin was not a flipper, and I will flipper you into the Gulf of Mexico is what I'm about to do. That's a good team, Robert Del Pino, mate. Robert Del Pino. you. Oh, I'm about to cook you into a roux, Joey O. (laughs) Are we going to talk about Henry Ellard or what? Uh, The best player in Rams history that nobody talks about. Henry was great. Oh, oh, yeah. no, oh, that's a hold on. The best player in Rand's history that nobody talks about. That's a, I'm going to have to take that under consideration. Let me write that down because that's a good one. Um, Chuck, tell it first now. Oh, that's a good one. The, uh, I got somebody, yeah, the best player that Rams don't talk about. I know somebody <laughs> that comes up for you. Henry Cracker Cobble? Oh, Henry, oh, HKC. Let's put this to bed. Uh, week four, the Rams are flying high, looking phenomenal. Offense looks incredible. For show sure, radio, audio looks horrible yet again. Um, week week five, it, it's the first of a three-game swing. We're going to try to get a podcast out uh, previewing things. Seattle Seahawks, not looking great. Rob, I'll leave it to you to encapsulate anything before we get to the college stuff. Seattle going into week five, where did they stand? Where does Seattle stand? Seattle yeah. uh, Seattle lost a guy that probably Rams fans do not know about. Uh, his name is Will Disley. He's a rookie tight end uh, out of Washington. He's a local kid up here. Actually from Montana, but he played football here in, in, at UW. 
and he was thought it was more of a blocking guy, but he showed some receiving chops, and they were really high on him. He's had a couple touchdowns, and he popped a patella, like the second play of the game in Arizona, so he's out. Seahawks fans are not happy with Arizona, by the way, because they lost Cam Chancellor, uh, uh, Sherman last year, um, with Will Disley now, and now Earl Thomas on that field down in Arizona. So that they're missing Thomas. Um, they're they're not they're they're pretty banged up. It's a big positions. Um, Michael Kendricks, you know, was uh, you know hard knocks died of four insider trading. They released him. The Seahawks were desperate because their linebackers were decimated. They signed him, knowing that he's going to be suspended at some point. They're expecting it in the next couple of weeks. It could happen this week, which means they could be without another linebacker. Um, KJ Wright has missed the entire year with an injury. He might, he's great when he's on the field, but he hasn't been able to play. So they are young. They're young on that defense. The LOB, or a number of names you're not going to know. The, guy, the, the name you should know on the on LOB would be uh, Shaquille Griffin's twin brother, uh, Shaq Griffin as well, right? Shaquem Griffin. Sure. Shaquem, he's really good. He's got a couple picks. And uh, their safety play is not going to have a big drop with Earl Thomas out. They're not going to have the same splash plays that Earl's known for, but they're pretty good back there. Um, so – I think their secondary is a little better than we give them, than people give them credit for without those big names there. But they've kind of got that thing retooled a little bit, but they're still missing a lot of guys across the board on that offensive line. I think we mentioned earlier, pass blocking, they're still awful. So uh, that's the things to look for. I'll have more on Friday when we when we do this other pod. But just quickly, those are the things. To, those are the guys to be you know, cognizant of on the shelf. See how oh, Rob, I'm sorry, man. From something that you know about that you do want to talk about. To something that you know about that you don't want to talk about. I don't. You I don't make me. I know. I'm, no. You let, don't, let's skip They're it. You're right. Uh, you don't even have to do it. This week. Nope, we're gonna skip it. I would. Saturday. I would lay. I would lay those points. I would. You know, if I'm Saturday. Watching, I would lay those skip it. Saturday. I love you too much. We're not even gonna do it. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State, number four, number nine. Great game. Horrible fourth down call from James Franklin, the head coach of Penn State. Uh, Ohio State gets out of it with a one-point win. Clemson, the number three team in the country, uh, escapes Syracuse without repeating an uh, upset win, uh, losing their freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, to a neck injury slash concussion after seeing Kelly Bryant half transfer away. Uh, Georgia, Alabama both getting it done against Tennessee and ULL. It's a four-team top tier, and it seems really – uh, separated from the rest of college football right now. LSU got the job done against Ole Miss in major fashion. Uh, Stanford heading to Notre Dame. Couldn't get things done in South Bend. West Virginia, number 12 at Texas Tech. I thought there were going to be 100 points scored. I was a little disappointed that they only were able to put up uh, 77 or 76. I thought there would be more Weak. offense there. BYU Weak at Washington, 42 got done. Uh, Joey, Brother Oklahoma you're, almost you're, gets hundred, right? I know. Well, o, the Oklahoma obviously going against Baylor was could have put up a hundred by themselves. Joey, you're the college football expert on Tertio Radio. What do you think about uh, Week Five? Well, you know, I watched a couple of the games. Look at you! I Look at you! Easing into the job of Tertio Radio. I watched a couple of games. You watched. You, you know, watched one game. <laughs> I, I I I walked past the TV a couple times and you know I, I, I checked out the scores on my phones. What do you, what do you want from me? Uh, Justin A. Bear was was dealing. 
You guys, hey, man, play well. Yeah, exactly. Or or if I ask, you know, about a guy, it's it's a dude who's been in the NFL for like five years, you know. Who's 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 the guy who's who's the backup? Um, anyways, um, yeah, I, I'm excited about some of the teams. I, I I watched Ohio State, Penn State this week. I um, I'll watch Texas, Oklahoma. I got a good buddy who's an Oklahoma fan, so um, I think Texas, Oklahoma will, is, is going to be my um my my probably the one game I'll watch, if you will. You want. You warmed my soul, Joey. As a as a North Texas resident who plays host to the Red River Rivalry, ah, uh, you you done you done good, Joey. Uh, Rob, you got a lot to look up your feelings. Week five, week six, college football. College football is that is that still going on? Uh, you know yeah. what? Every week, Rob. Still every happening? week, college football yeah. is still going on. Endless. Uh, how about the, the Eastern Washington Eagles are, are ranked? I could we could talk about them if you'd like. Cooper Cup's all monitor. What? Uh, go there. Go want, there. Draw me go? something on the EW. Uh, I think they're ranked fifth right now in the FCS. Uh, they had they their they had their one last year at Washington State at you know Pac-10 school because Cooper wasn't there to to take them to victory. But uh, <laughs> you know, as far as small schools go, they they lost their their coach, so they have a whole new coaching staff there, and they've still got that thing going a little bit. Took care of the Bobcats of Montana State last week, so yeah, EW. Keep your eye on the next, what the next Los Angeles Ram coming out of EW. The next backup court, Sean Mannion's replacement, Gabe Gubru. Right? Oh, I love it. I like Gabe, it. big Gabe. He's, uh, he, he could he could sling it. Of course, he slings it to the other guys sometimes. So he's probably not. Hey, it happens. No drop off on Sean Mannion right there. Um. What else from Saturday? Texas, Kansas State, that was a close one. Obviously, Oregon, California, that was one watch on the West Coast. Michigan, Northwestern, that was close. Week six, this is a funky week. It's not pretty. This is the kind of the kind of Saturday where you find a reason to spend time with the ones you love. Uh, Texas OU, as uh, was mentioned, that's going down at the State Fair of Texas. That'll happen downtown Dallas, uh, Maryland, Michigan, that's at Michigan. Normally that would be interesting, but uh, at Michigan, Kansas at West Virginia, number nine, uh, West Virginia creeps into the top 10. Kansas is a bad team. That's one to watch. Um, you get into the afternoon stuff, Clemson, Wake Forest, because they have to play Chase Bryce and don't have Trevor Lawrence. That could be interesting. LSU at Florida, number five and number 22. That could be strange. Florida State at Miami. I don't know what the hell's going on in the ACC besides Clemson right now. Uh, things get a little funky in the after the late afternoon. Auburn at Mississippi State. Washington at UCLA. Rob, Washington at UCLA. What's going? What's going on? What are we doing? Uh, Washington will get their first victory in the Rose Bowls against the Bruins since 1995. That's what's going on. They're a 21-point favorite, and I would I would lay those points. They're going to win that thing going away. It's not going to even be close. It wouldn't be close. Although, the double whammy for me this week would be to have UCLA upset the Huskies, and then the Rams come in the next day and just bury the Seahawks. That would be a pretty damn good week for me, but uh, I'm, I'm going to have to split that one, I'm pretty sure, this week. How about how about guys? You're the college football, you know, scholar here, Mister Mister Max T. Uh, uh, when was the last time Kentucky was favored over A and M? Good lord, it's been about twenty years. The thing about Kentucky that's fun is they're one of these teams that has a ton of talent where they have it. If you if you haven't seen Josh Allen, 
incredibly talented, somebody that would make a ton of sense. I know we're coming off a season in which we had a Josh Allen drafted a quarterback in the NFL, but if you haven't seen Josh Allen, the linebacker, that's a guy that makes a lot of sense for the Rams at linebacker. Um, the problem, of course, for Kentucky is where they don't have talent. They don't have any whatsoever. Um, and, and I don't know. It, it's one of those things that's, it, that's great for college football that doesn't work in the NFL. Uh, we'll have to see. It's a, it's a team that I'm going to be watching more and more as the weeks goes on. They got uh, A&M this week. They got Vanderbilt, who's not a bad team, next week at versus Georgia at Tennessee at, versus Middle Tennessee State ain't going to do much. But the next four weeks, look, ten, Kentucky's ranked 13th, man. We haven't seen that in a long, long, long time. I don't know if I've ever seen Kentucky ranked as high as 13th. What was um, the chubby it's interesting. What? The fact could be he was Lorenzen, Jor, what, right? Jared he Lorenzen. Was, oh, man. When was he Mr. Ranked? Puffin stuff. Uh, he wasn't ranked. He was, he was ranked in our hearts. Is what he was. Uh, all right. <laughs> he, he he wasn't ranked in terms of actual college football. He was ranked in terms of our uh, our. He's ramming it right now. He's ramming. He is ramming it. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, we got to get out of here. Joey's got to close down. Uh, we we got to close duty. down. Joey, you're and, on. Andrew Whitmer is coming like to a podcast. Andrew, Andrew, now, hold on. Duty, oh, you gonna make fun of Jerry Lorenz? See how it is. Body shaming. <laughs> Body shaming. You're going to body shame a young man. Uh, Joey, uh, week five for the NFL. The Rams are 4 0. Final thoughts. Yeah, they're going to be 5 0. 5 0. Beautiful. That's all it takes. Robbo, what do we got? 5 0. 5. I jokingly said that uh, the Rams are going to lose 12 to 13 because of two step pick extra points, but that's a joke. I'm going to be there. I'm going to just destroy those guys. It's not going to be close. We're going to have a we're going to have a full Andrew Whitworth show next week. People should pay attention to Robbo's feed on Twitter this week. Robbo, where are you heading with Seattle? Uh, I will. I will. Well, I'm going to be doing all the stuff from the from the uh, from the game. We're actually having a Rams fan gathering down at Henry's Tavern on First Avenue, right outside the stadium. We're going to get the Ram Ramley in Seattle. We're going to go uh, storm the clink. Pay attention to Robbo. Don't pay attention to Joey and I. Ram it. Don't See you guys. Why why I do declare?
Leroy is the name. I cover the corner. Interception is my game. Score more than anybody else on the D. Because I move like a cat, as you will see. The guys call me Dickens of the Dicker, son. I lead the reins. I'm the Ram top gun. They say I'm as smooth as a runner can be. Even sweetness and the others are talking about me. I like to dance and have a lot of fun. When it comes to ladies, want to bring anyone. But enough about me. We'll hit a ram it, you see. If you ram it just right, you can ram it all night. Now hold on, hold on now. The Carroll is the coach. The the I know I, I know quarterback. What I don't understand, which one of them gonna come out in front? They they what? I ain't even talked about. Hey guys, quick reminder, don't miss America's number one singing competition, The Voice. Or TV's number one drama, This Is Us. Or the one new show everyone is buzzing about. New Amsterdam. You can find them all tonight on NBC. How convenient is that? While you're asleep, the weather kept changing. We're on weather alert here this morning. The only local morning news chopper kept an eye on your commute. Our Ranger Vision technology. And you started your day a little smarter. Grab that coat. NBC 5 Today. Hey guys, quick reminder, don't miss America's number one singing competition, The Voice. Or TV's number one drama, This Is Us. Or the one new show everyone is buzzing about. New Amsterdam. You can find them all tonight on NBC. How convenient is that? While you're asleep, the weather kept changing. We're on weather alert here this morning. The only local morning news chopper kept an eye on your commute. And our Ranger Vision technology. And, and you started your day a little smarter. Grab that coat. NBC 5 Today. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.